Good morning. Would you stand with me as we hear from Matthew 21, the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew 21. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The question the whole city asks is a good one. Who is this? There seems to be a great deal of confusion about the identity of Jesus. And this isn't the first time there's been confusion about his identity. In Mark 4:41, the disciples say, Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? In Mark 6, 2, it says, On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded, and they said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? In Luke 5, his opponents say to this, Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Luke 7, 49, after he forgives sins, the crowd says, Who is this who even forgives sins? Herod says of Jesus, John, I beheaded. But who is this about whom I hear such things? The Jews sent priests and Levites to Jerusalem in John 1 to ask him, Who are you? Even after Jesus rises from the dead, those questions continue to linger. The two men from Emmaus, in speaking directly with Jesus, said, But we had hoped Jesus was the one who was going to redeem Israel. They still didn't know who he was. Friends, figuring out who Jesus is, is the most important question to answer. And this morning, I would like to paint three short pictures of Jesus in hopes of answering that question definitively for us. Picture number one, Jesus is the eternal son of God whose plan to rescue humanity was created even before the world was created. 
and he has been faithfully tending that plan for generations. You might be tempted to think that the reported events of Holy Weeks just unfolded in the way they, they did by coincidence. These events were planned. His love for us is not haphazard. His love for us isn't based on what we might or might not do. He isn't fickle. He is fixed on us and expresses his love to us in grand ways. Listen to the word of the Lord from Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. In the same way that Jesus, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit and his Father, planned what they would do to restore humanity and reconcile us to himself, Jesus also prepared his disciples so that they would understand what was going to happen, so they would know the course they were on. In Luke 9.50, we're told that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He knew what waited for him in Jerusalem, but he set his face to prepare to go there. John, in John 11, when Jesus announces that he is going to go to Bethany for Lazarus' sake, Thomas, immediately spooked by this because he knows the people in Jerusalem want to kill him, Thomas says, oh, well, let's go with him and we'll die with him there. So, so he's been candid with them about what is at the end of this road. I mean, why does Thomas say that? Well, Jerusalem and Bethany, where Lazarus is, is only two miles away. That's not a safety margin. People can find you at two miles distance. And if you're going to head into the mouth of the lion, you should expect to get bit. And just in case you missed it at the end of the story of Lazarus, in verse 53, when the chief priests and scribes hear about what's happened to Lazarus, and all the things that Jesus did, this is what we're told. From that day, they planned to put Jesus to death, right? So this, this plan is in place. This is, this is what is going to happen. And Jesus tells his disciples that he must die to help them get ready for the event. But they do not want to hear this news. Jesus even has to rebuke Peter who is especially reluctant to hear the news that Jesus is going to die. But it is important for us to hear the stories so that we understand that everything that happened is what Jesus planned. This is all according to his plan. And now that it's Holy Week, and Jesus will give his final teaching, his final preparations, we have to remember that he's doing that in order so that the disciples will understand and in turn we will understand precisely what it is that Jesus intends to do. And so in the passage this morning, he sends his disciples into town to find a donkey. 
And he tells them in advance, when you get there, you're going to find what I need. And if anyone questions you, just say, the master has need of these things. And they're going to be good with that. Now, you know what they do to horse thieves, right? This could be viewed the same way. You don't walk into town and take someone's donkey, right? But Jesus says, no, this is, this is all a part of the plan. And if you tell them, I need this, it's going to be fine. The picture of Jesus that I see is the picture of a God who does not leave things to chance. He has planned. He has prepared. You and I, we are part of his plan as well. He has plans for us. Will we step into the plans that he has for us? Will we choose to believe that the plans he has for us are good plans? I guess it depends on who you believe Jesus is. Does he have our best interests in mind? Does he really love us? Picture two, Walter Wangeren painted an excellent picture of crowds for us in the devotional book we read together during this season. He said, crowds are dangerous, unruly, things can get out of control very quickly. We saw that on January 6th, where a mob of people got out of control very quickly. Many caught up in things that they probably would never have done before if there hadn't been a mob of people around them inciting them to action. I personally am very afraid of crowds. They can trample you. They can push you where you don't want to go. They can be very difficult to escape. And crowds can be swayed by persuasive people. Crowds can be manipulated. But a part of the crowd on that Palm Sunday so many generations ago got it exactly right. This is what the word says. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This is the prophesied king. This is the Messiah. This savior is able to liberate Israel and all the world from slavery to sin and death and hell. Jesus is marching peacefully into the very seat of political and religious power, serving notice if you're asking the question, who is this? Serving notice that he is king. Who is he? He is a humble king. He is not a violent king. He is not an out of control, unpredictable, wishy-washy king. He isn't a thoughtless king, inconsiderate of the needs of others around him. 
But even though he doesn't shout, though he doesn't raise his voice in the street, he is not weak. He has strength to endure the betrayal of his closest friends without becoming bitter. He has the strength to endure all the lies they will say about him without lashing out. He has the strength to patiently teach the disciples about serving one another in love, about washing feet, even when he knows those same disciples will abandon him in 24 hours. He has the strength to tell Peter, put that sword away. He has the strength not to call 12 legions of angels to rescue him from the cup the Father has given him. He has the strength to take the sin of the world on his shoulders. He has more strength than we can imagine. He is every inch a king, and he is our king. Let's face it, this march into Jerusalem is a protest march. He stands against the corruption of the world. He stands against all those who would use violence and power to bend others to their will. He stands against all those who will use wealth at the expense of others to gain temporary security for themselves. He stands against Rome and against any earthly power that pretends to rule by the conquest of war. Who is Jesus? He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is setting in motion on this Palm Sunday a revolution in the most extraordinary way. He's riding on a donkey. Who is Jesus? Yes, he has plans for us. Yes, he is king. But yes, he is also human. Sometimes in a week like this, we forget his humanity. And the events of this week will cost him. Think how you would feel if you were pouring your heart out to friends that you knew would betray you. I mean, the Bible tells us not to cast our pearls before swine, right? Why does Jesus do it? I mean, Jesus would have been understood by us if he had simply abandoned those lack-wit disciples and left them behind. I mean, after three years, they can't figure out who he is. But Jesus doesn't do that. Even though it costs him, he is willing to travel with those who don't get it. He's patient with those who cry, crucify him. His love extends to those who will murder him. Sometimes we glibly toss these words off our tongue. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But we forget the cost to the human Jesus. We, on the other hand, don't want to even talk to our enemies. We want to avoid our enemies. We want to beat our enemies about their head. We want to shoot our enemies. 
Jesus loves those enemies. That doesn't mean he doesn't confront them with the truth. His actions are provocative. Healing on the Sabbath. (sighs) Forgiving sins. Letting his disciples harvest grain on the Sabbath. Teaching about the kingdom of God in ways the authorities don't approve. Jesus is peaceful, but Jesus is also provocative. But in the end, in spite of what they will do to him, in spite of what the Jewish leaders will do to his disciples, he loves them and he forgives them. He forgives them and he forgives you and me. He forgives us. This Jesus has planned. This Jesus is the capital T King. And he loves and he forgives. And that is what the cross means. The king loved you enough to make plans to die for you so that you could be forgiven and be wrapped up in his love. And it cost him everything he had. Gracious Jesus, we are amazed at who you are. We acknowledge you as King of kings and Lord of lords today. You planned before you created the world to reconcile us to yourself. And you carried that plan out in front of our eyes, validating all your promises by rising from the dead. And so our hearts are full. We're full of your victory. We're full of the fact that for the joy set before you, You didn't consider the cross too high a price to pay for our salvation. And so we bless your name this morning. We thank you. We don't have words, Lord Jesus, to even begin to say how much we need you, how much we rely on you, how much your forgiveness means to us. And so we ask, Lord Jesus, would you remind us again of all that you've done to make us your children? And help us, Lord, based on all you've done to open our hearts to you, to surrender ourselves to you, to listen for your voice, and to do all that you command us to do. 
Holy Spirit, we pray this morning that your transforming grace would be effective in our lives and that you would continue to refine us so that we can reflect the glory of our King to a world who needs so desperately to know that they are loved by Jesus Christ. Father, this morning we would bring to you all of our friends who are suffering with illnesses, who are grieving, who are bearing heavy burdens today, Lord. We especially pray for Joe Brand's family today. And we ask that you would bless the service this afternoon to your glory. Would you bring comfort and healing? We wait on your answers, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would grant us peace in our world. We pray that you would give wisdom to our leaders. We pray that you would help us to be agents of your peace in all of our relationships and in our communities. Heavenly Father, we confess your plan is perfect. Jesus, we confess your plan is comprehensive. Spirit, we confess your plan is pleasing to us. And so we worship and celebrate you today. during this week of difficult events. Captivate our attention and our imagination. Give us insight into the depth and breadth and height of your love for us. Call us to yourself and make us to be the people you died so that we could be. Hear our prayer, O Lord. Would you sing with me? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There are precious fountain free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain in the cross in the cross This song is new to you. You can find it on page 240 in the hymnal. 240. We're going to sing the second and third verses. Near the cross, a trembling soul, love and 
mercy found me. There the bright and morning star sheds its beams around me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory soul shall find rest beyond the river near the cross O Lamb of God bring its scenes before me Help me walk from day to day with its shadows o'er me. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory. soul shall find rest beyond the river. We pray, Lord Jesus, today that you would help us to see a clear picture of who you are that would keep us in the days ahead, that would keep us focused on who you are, that would help us to see you for who you truly are. That would give us a, a picture to anchor our lives in. Lord Jesus, continue to reveal yourself to us, we pray. Amen. And now may the glory of God be reflected in your faces as you live each day with joy because you know how deeply the Father loves you. Amen.